Good morning. We read this morning from John chapter 1, verses 6 through 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Someone once made the comment that Christmas music was one of the greatest gifts to the secular world. Because when all else seemingly failed, they would be able to hear that good news of Jesus' birth and the solid doctrine of many Christian hymns. Now mull that over for a moment, will you? On the one hand, it's a good point. The familiar hymns we sing each year during Advent and Christmas tell the familiar story with all the justice that it is due. There are even songs not included in our own Lutheran hymnal that still proclaim this message of the coming Savior. So again, nothing bad there. These songs are Advent and Christmas-minded songs. Later on, either here or someone else, or somewhere else, rather, pay attention to the radio and in some business, in your car, in your home, or in your dorm room. For every rendition of Joy to the World, you will probably get twice as many versions of the Christmas song or Jingle Bells. For every rendition of Silent Night or Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you'll likely get twice as many versions of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or White Christmas. And what's wrong with those other songs, you may ask? And the answer is nothing, really. But in a culture that's adamant about this debate, rather we say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, it would seem that both camps still leave Christ out when it's convenient to whatever their cause is. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Here was a man that was not afraid to bring Christ into the discussion. The text tells us that he was not the light, but he was a witness to it. Throughout the Old Testament, prophecies were prophesied about the coming Savior of mankind, and then silence. For quite a few years, there was nothing new being said, and then here comes John the Baptist. He preceded the Savior in birth and in death, and yet in his life, the Spirit used John as a mouthpiece and herald of Jesus Christ. And even this mouthpiece of the Lord was foretold in Isaiah 40, the forerunner declaring and relaying the message, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, 
because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. John's testimony, that given by the Holy Spirit, was an important part of his earthly ministry, just as it was of Jesus' ministry. And John the Baptist was sent that all, that is, all people, through him might believe. Not some, but all. When Christ came to the world, he made atonement for all people, not just some. And this is reflected in the text as well. John bore witness of this gracious Savior. Through this Savior and this Savior alone, people are brought to faith. Both were foretold before the advent of the Savior, whom John the Apostle refers to as the light. And Jesus certainly was and is a light to all people. The necessity of light cannot be downplayed. Light is essential in our lives and the lives of most creatures and plants on this earth as well. That there was a spiritual darkness in this world, a darkness that still thrives, is also undisputed. Jesus was and is the light to illumine the darkness of this world. It's hard to fathom the darkness when we consider the Advent message, the Christmas message, the message of Christ crucified for all sinners. But why would the light be necessary if we weren't sitting outside in the dark, absent from the comfort of God's presence, shivering in the cold-heartedness of sin? Man is not like Ebenezer Scrooge with spirits holding his hand and telling him to knock it off. Man is not like the Grinch, who has to learn in a somewhat drastic measure that there's more to Christmas than commercialism. Man is far more wretched after the fall into sin. Psalm 107, 107.11 talks about man rebelling against the words of God and despising the counsel of the Most High. Paul writes in Romans 8, The carnal mind is enmity against God. Genesis 8 talks about the imagination of man's heart being evil from his youth. On and on they go. Man is evil. Sin corrupts his very being. From wars, genocide, murder, stealing, fornicating and such, all the way down to the hidden thoughts in your mind. Yes, your mind. Sin has darkened the illumined life God desires for all people. In the text, we see this played out a bit further. He, that is Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. God was in the world to reconcile it back to himself. And what did the world do? It did not know him. It was in darkness, fighting tooth and nail against the fact that we are totally depraved and utterly helpless without God. The old Adam loves this darkness. The carnal mind wants nothing to do with Christ Jesus. Yet, though God could have cut his losses at any time if he so desired, we know that the Lord had other plans for this cursed and sin-ridden people. He had a plan of salvation for the likes of you and me. The prophets of the Old Testament foretold that, yes, there would be a Savior. John the Baptist foretold this Savior to his contemporaries. 
There was no beating around the bush, no avoiding the topic. Every opportunity to testify about Jesus was taken. Each were clear testimonies of the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. To the Jews, to the Gentiles, the message of Jesus was proclaimed loud and clear. There was no room for mistake, no room for trivial matters. The forerunner proclaimed, prepare the way of the Lord. And though we're still in the Advent season, we look forward to the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, the King of Kings who lowered himself to be born in a barn and laid in a manger. We look forward to his humiliation and how he became like us, having to live and work, fight temptation, and be subject to the very things that we are subject to. We look forward to his death, the ultimate form of that humiliation. God himself nailed to the cross because we are not perfect, because we are sinners, because we were in the dark. And we look forward to Easter, that glorious day when Jesus broke the curse of sin and death and emerged victorious over both of them. The light that was shining and plain to see was proclaimed from the start where we are sinners and unworthy of God's love. Jesus took sin upon himself and made us worthy in God's sight. Where we dwelt in darkness, Jesus brought the light. Now think back for a minute to that Christian and secular Christmas music we considered a moment ago. Consider the Christmas music aspect of the music and how Christ is portrayed in it. The fact of the matter is, the references to Christ in the music are not always clear. Sometimes they're not even there. Now consider the plain and clear message of the gospel. Consider the words of John the Baptist and the unmistakable testimony of the coming Savior. Look into your own hearts, not as some sort of Christmas cliche or a Christmas message, but as children of the Most High. What love, what goodness, what clear and wondrous joy it is that God loved each and every one of us, that Jesus was promised and did finally come for our sakes. To him be the honor and glory. Amen. We sing hymn number 66, verses 1 and 6. <clears throat> 